This is the Copper Crab Podcast. I am Cheney Crab. I am Naveen Copperweiss, coming at you. If you would like to buy uh, Copper Crab merch, go to coppercrab.bigcartel.com. If you would like to buy merchandise from our band, Entheos, then go to entheosofficial.bigcartel.com or uh, nightshiftmerch.com slash collections slash entheos. If you have not, like, subscribe, do all the stuff you can do on YouTube. Go and follow our Twitch channel, which we do the podcast live on Twitch every Tuesday. Right now we're doing it at 6.30 uh, Central Standard Time. So we're doing it right now. There. Yeah, we're literally doing it right now. There are people listening live right, right. now. Uh, you could be one, too. You could be one. You could join us. Um, it's go. a little more in- informal. True. You think so? <laughs> I just said that as a joke. <laughs> it's a little more informal. Uh, so we have some European tour dates coming up with Archspire and Psychroptic and Benighted. Uh, that starts March 3rd in Essen, Germany. Uh, March 4th. How do you say this? Nid- Nijmegen. Nijmegen, Netherlands. Yeah. March 5th, Belgium, Brussels. March 6th, Bristol. March 7th, Nottingham. Nottingham? Do they say Nottingham? I don't know. Uh, March 9th, Dublin. March 10th, Manchester. March 11th, London. March 12th, Paris. March 13th, in Lyon. The 15th in Madrid. The 16th in Barcelona. Uh, 17th in Montpellier, France. Montpellier. Montpellier. Uh, That's pretty cool that we're going there. Uh, Animosity played there. I don't think I've been, right? I don't think so. I think I've only been there one time, and it was 10 years ago. or maybe No. Sorry. Way more than that. Like 13 years ago. France is a beautiful country, so I'm excited to go anywhere that we go. No, and this is in the countryside. Really? Montpellier, yeah. It's really cool. You know where I wish we were going? I'm going to finish this. Is Red Red Torbido that we went last time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was such a beautiful little, it seemed like a little village town. A little sleepy town. In Italy. Um, So the 18th, we are in, God, the place that Kif is in, Aru. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to say that. I don't either. Sorry, guys. In Switzerland. uh, The 19th in Milan, 20th in München, 21st Vienna, 22nd. Oh, my God. Kozice, Slovakia. <laughs> oh, well. It's going to be sick. Kozice. Uh, not sure how to say that. I'm sh- Kozice. Sure, I'm saying Something that we're going to have to work on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what's funny is in places like that, I'll go up to five different people and ask before we go on stage, how do I pronounce this? What is something I can say on stage? Right. Um, the 23rd, Budapest. Budapest. I don't, don't look at me. Fuck. I just knew Nijmegen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you knew Nijmegen and now I thought you knew everything. I just actually have a vivid memory of the TM saying Nijmegen. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So I, I might be saying it wrong. I'm just saying it like the TM did. The, the 24th in there. Prague and the 25th in Warsaw. Wow. That's going to be I'm uh, going to learn how to say those better. A crazy tour, man. That's going to be fun. It's been quite a while since we've been to Europe. Yeah, I'm excited, and 
I'm stoked to go back out with Archspire. Uh, Psychroptic put out one of my favorite albums last year, so I'm really excited to see. I mean, in there, all the bands are great. I'm yeah. excited to see all the bands. Um, the drummer Benighted of is completely is amazing. Yeah, maniac. Yeah. It's like really, really good. So sick. So it'll be fun to do that. I hope that we can uh, do the podcast while we're yeah, there. Yeah, we're going to try to do it. Uh, probably won't work. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to say, say that? that we're going to do it at least. We're really, we're going to say it up until that last week. And we'll then, try. I and mean, then you'll get an announcement we'll the, middle, the minute we're in Europe. Sorry, guys. Uh, as expected, we... Well, I was thinking rather than not do it, we just do an audio version. Because that would be really doable. Yeah, we should do that. I mean, or that's we could an option. Or do a one camera. Cell phone it. Just do a cell phone into the laptop OBS. Yeah. And that's it. That could work. All right. We'll try work. and figure it out because it would be fun to do it. It'd be fun to get all of the, you know, some of the guys from the other bands on yeah. the show. I mean, that way, maybe we should just do that. Yeah. I could come here, set up, and just like stream the walls. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. For the audio there and lay go. the audio over it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as far as doing the Twitch and stuff, I don't know if that's going to work. Cause, you know, yeah, we we, want, we definitely will not do yeah. Twitch while we're there. It'll be stuff that we post because, I mean, I mean, if we did, we could do it in the middle of the day there, but. True. But we probably won't. Let's not count on that one. But anyways. Probably won't, but we'll, we'll try. <laughs> we're going to try. You have our word that we might and we might well, not Well, we're looking at that, that uh, mobile podcasting interface. So if we get that, we should be good to go. <laughs> to have it there and just not to let it. everyone out there know <laughs> that's what we need pressure us into it but right. uh so that's we're putting out much. a song next yeah, week that was which is sick pretty main topic there <laughs> uh yeah this one's gonna be cool did we show it to you Harrison? the video uh, i don't think so. okay all right should have yeah the video's sick done by my good eye once again mm-hmm. um i'm sure we'll talk about it next week this song is kind of uh, a a little bit of a different style for Anthias. It's a departure. It's a departure. On that song, they really it was a departure from yeah. their the rest of their material. We're <laughs> we're excited to put it out though. We It'll are. be fun. Um, we are. And within context of the record, it makes more sense in my opinion because the album flows together, so you get kind of eased into it. But we're just obviously we can't put out the whole album as a single, so we're cutting songs out of it. We are announcing the album next week as well. Same day that we're putting out a song. And pre-orders drop next Wednesday on the 18th. So keep an eye out for those. It's pretty exciting. Exciting stuff. Yeah, it's really exciting. We've, it's been a long time. I mean, it takes forever for a record to come out. And it's sort of agonizing knowing you have something out and being on the cusp of releasing it. So... It's, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm pretty good at putting it out of my mind. I just kind of act like uh, it's never going to come out. And then now I'm like, oh, it's coming out. Like We're already at pre-orders. Yeah, I remember you saying that before. Yeah. That's what I do on long drives, too. That's a long drive tip for you guys. <laughs> Pretend like you're never going to get there. And you're just, what you do is drive now. Well, what I think is the best on long drives is actually, like, putting it in parts and giving yourself a few days to do it. Yeah. Or splitting it up into a few hours because we we like to drive places like we drove to Houston from Nashville last year and it was like a 15 hour drive 
But we split it in the three days. So it wasn't that bad. We stayed at a hotel and you get a really fun. I think we did it in two days, right? Yeah, two days. Well, whatever. But I'm more talking about when you have a drive that literally takes three days. Like from California to, to here. Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I pretend like it's never gone. Oh, by the way, I was looking through some uh, footage like on my GoPro memory card. I have a bunch of footage of us moving out here. Oh, yeah. And like I have a, foot, a footage of us literally pulling up to the house for the first time, like looking at it. And it's kind of, I was going through it. It was kind of heartwarming. Yeah, Evan was there. Yeah. Evan was waiting for us with our keys. Yeah, that's right. Now that we've been here for a year. Yeah, we've been here for a long time. And honestly, I love Nashville. I feel like sort of more integrated into Nashville than I ever really did into California. I just know more people here because I was new to California as well. Like Naveen's from there. But even still, Santa Cruz is a really small place. And you didn't even really know that many people there because you had, you know, lived elsewhere for a while. But uh, I feel more integrated into Nashville. And there's just more to do here than there is in Santa Cruz. That's true. But Yeah, it's been really cool. I, it's weird. I feel like I don't really uh, think about living here anymore. I'm just yeah. here. But I think that's why I could live anywhere. I'm not really that particular about where I live, I think. I had a hunch that I wasn't in Santa Cruz. And then... You know, I, I was thinking maybe that's just because I'm spoiled. I live, I've lived here for so long, but moving here, I mean, I don't know. I could live anywhere. For I me, it so. actually does make a difference if I know people, because it can be super like, you can feel um. What's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, cut isolated. off. Yeah, you can. Yeah, isolated. You can start to feel really isolated. If you do not know anyone where you're at. Yeah, and I true. really experienced that when we lived in L.A. Because I had moved f- to L.A. from Des Moines. We lived with in a house with animals. Like, you lived there. But I was the only real outside person. I was the only person who lived there when you guys were gone. Yeah. So. And you were really young when you, when you moved out there. Yeah, I was super young. So. 21 or something. Animals went on tour and I stayed at the house. I remember there was like this long, maybe six week period where you guys were in Europe and I was there by myself and I did know one person, but we didn't really hang out very much. So I felt super isolated and that was a really weird time. But I, in hindsight, it was fun because it's like, you know, when you're by yourself, you can kind of learn a lot of things about yourself. Yeah. I'd like to try that. Yeah, you should. (laughs) You want me to? I mean, I'm just no. I I don't like need to do it, but I have a hunch that uh, I'd I'd be totally fine, entertained. I'm sure you would. My hobbies and stuff. It is easy to entertain yourself. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is that I could, you know, do all the things I wanted to do. Like, I'm pretty good at being by myself, and I think it's because I was an only child for like eight years of my life. It's kind of weird at the time that what you're talking about when animals went on tour and you were at the house it's like you weren't in a band or anything no uh did you want to be a band in a band at that time yeah i don't know if you remember this but i was going to start a band with uh bobby Valu, who's in who's the guitar player of walls of jericho now but i uh-huh. i kind of i vaguely remember you trying to record vocals for something it was for at, it was for bobby okay 
and Bobby came over because he lived in LA or like outside of LA at the time. Yeah. And it was kind of a hardcore project. Right. And was I was going to do that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Or at least vocals, but I was going to do that with Bobby and it just never didn't materialize. Yeah. And then we moved in with Keen and that's when I did systems. So that's I wasn't right. in a that's right. It seemed like a long period that yeah. I wasn't in a band, but it actually wasn't. Yeah, how long was it? I'm actually curious now. Maybe like two years between moving away from Des Moines and then doing systems. You think it was that long? I know it was that long. Really? Because I don't think... How long did we live in LA? Like, I thought that was only two years. It was probably less than that. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was probably like a year year and a half. Or maybe even less. No, we lived in LA from... I moved in like April, you moved in January, and then we left the following September. Or maybe at the end of August. But you weren't... Okay, so when we started hanging out and stuff, talking and everything, were you in a band in Des Moines at that time? Or no? Had you guys split up? We split up, but I was starting to play with another band. Curse of Hell, right? Yeah. Okay. So you had jam with them? Yeah. And then you were like, all right, guys, that's not going to work. I'm moving to LA. Pretty much, yeah. There's yeah. still a band, actually, The Curse of Hell. I wonder if they're all bummed now. No, they have a vocalist. They're doing, they're killing it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, they're doing good. Hell yeah. There are a lot of sick Des Moines bands, actually. I was thinking about this the other day because I watched, you know, Corey Taylor's son is in a band. Right. Uh, called Vended. Is that the name of the band? That's the band that you showed us, right, Harrison? No. So who showed them to us? Somebody showed uh, them. No, I know about it because it's a Des Moines. They're from Des Moines. Oh, okay. So that's how I've heard oh, I'm them. thinking about Mike Portnoy's kids band. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're it's thinking Tala. of Tala. And yeah. it is Vended. Okay, Vended. So a week or so ago, I was watching, I like clicked on a Vended interview. It came up in my YouTube. I was like, I'm going to see what these kids are about. They're from the same place that I'm from. Mm. So they started talking about this old Des Moines band called the Cassandra Disease, which they were kind of a new metal band and they dressed up in these white, outfits and i thought That's that a really was really funny band. i thought that was so <laughs> goddamn sick that they had these white like stage outfits and i i thinking back i think they might have had like blood i think there might have been a blood element but anyway they were one of the bands the earliest local bands that i started going to see okay when i was like 12 or 13 so i was just like whoa that's amazing that there oh, that are other people. It? Yeah, that's amazing that they well, know they must about have not old like school. been born at that time, right? Are they really young? I don't know how old they are, but they are like, I know that I think two of them have members of Slipknot as their parents. And from what I remember, Slipknot, like I would see Corey Taylor at metal shows when I was a kid. Um, okay. At like small local shows. And I want to say I saw him at other camp. Cassandra Disease show at the old house you of saw Bricks. a little kid there with Slipknot parents no no just oh, Corey oh, oh, okay. so I would assume that that's you know they <gasps> if they were too young then maybe their parents showed them this like Des Moines oh, yeah. okay but I thought that was crazy just because you know Des Moines is there aren't a ton of musicians who come from Des Moines right well you're representing Cheney for sure Okay, so you weren't in a band for for like a year and a half. Wait, are you doing the thing to me now? I'm interviewing you. Because before the podcast, Naveen was like, 
Why don't you interview me for the podcast tonight? I'm just in an interviewing <laughs> mood. All right, you're doing you a good go job. It, yeah, let's keep let's doing go it. it. Let's I'll go through it. I like it. I'll, let's, I'm going to interview. You cool okay. with that? Yeah, I'm cool with All that. Right. So you're not in a band. You s- you pack up your bags. You say bye to your band. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's not going to work. I'm going to L.A. That's not really what happened. But it was yeah, more... I only practiced with them one time. Okay. So you were potentially going to be in the band. You weren't really like in. Right. Yeah. I was jamming. But I remember. Okay. <laughs> I remember I went over and they were like watching sports. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to hang out with these guys. Red flag. Uh, Not a red flag. Just that I felt like we just didn't maybe didn't yeah, have the yeah. same interests which yeah. is great because i think that my friend ken who is the vocalist now is probably you know into watching sports yes yeah, so you were like but, you know sports you like, probably not gonna work this is yeah it's kind of like yeah. probably not i hear you i mean if if i was in a band and they were watching sports all the time i, I would never watch it <laughs> i would be in the other room doing something else yeah reading or something yeah all right so uh, but i feel like good when you, really good band though check them out yeah, they're a Des Moines I, band. I remember they opened I've seen them play a couple times. Probably, yeah. yeah. And actually, so Ben, who is the bass, Ben Monroe, who is the bass player of that band, I have known him since he was like seven or six years old. Maybe he was older. Maybe he was 10. I don't fucking know. Between but six he and was 10. my friend Paul's little brother. And then he started playing bass and it was like, oh, wow, Ben. And then we have we played in a few things together when we were kids, but I've known him forever. Got it. Anyways. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, you do know Ben. Is he still recording? Uh, I think so. He has like a solo project. Okay. All right. So when you moved to LA, did you think that you were going to be in a band again? Or were you kind of like, maybe I just won't do that again? No, I accept. I 100% thought I was never going to be in a band again. Really? That was that? Yeah, I just kind of stopped playing. Uh, it was kind of more after Systems, I guess, because I think that EP came out in like 2012. All right, so let's talk about Systems. Okay. <laughs> You're doing this a really fun. good job. I like this. <laughs> I'll interview you next episode. Maybe. I think it's... You know what I was thinking we the other day? I was thinking the other day, we've never interviewed each other. That's true. So, I mean, it's kind of cool. Like, that people probably want to hear this stuff about you. This is the Cheney special. Yeah, so... That's my um, that's my screenshot this week. No, you did that last week. You can't do another prayer. <laughs> <laughs> She's a b- okay. Yeah, there we go. Bad. She bad. All right. So, all right. Well, let, let's get this straight. When did you first start doing vocals into one? And we'll, then we'll get to systems. We're start. We're doing that. Take me. Let's back. just go real quick. We'll get there real quick. Just a brief. When overview. did I start doing vocals? Yeah. When I was twelve or thirteen. When okay. I was in eighth grade. So you're in eighth grade. And you're like doing vocals into the back of a comb downstairs or like, how's that working? Well, actually I sang for a long time before that. Like I was a singer way before I was a screamer, which is a fun fact that people probably don't know about me because I've only screamed in bands until next week. So when you say you're a singer, what is, what does that mean? Were you singing at school? Were you singing? Yeah, I was in swing choir. I was in musicals. I was in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. I had like a lead and then I was in Schoolhouse Rock. A musical. That sounds nerve wracking. Having to learn all those lines. I was in swing choir. (laughs) Thanks, Naveen. I was in swing choir, which you have to try out for. So when I was in sixth grade, at the end of my sixth grade year, I had to like do a solo in front of people around a piano. So I was in swing choir. I could sing. 
and then I became a screamer because I got into metal. Okay, but I so had like a karaoke machine and stuff. My grandma bought me one. Like I've always played music. I've always had it in my soul. You've always been musical. Yeah, I know there's a picture always, of, my of whole you life. that we have. Uh, and you're like playing a snare drum. And you're like a little kid. And then there's another picture of you. You're playing guitar and you're really, really young, like five or something. Yeah, I think it was like two, three. Okay, two, yeah, way off what the kid <laughs> age is. It's hard to tell. Yeah. It's hard to tell with kids. You don't have a kid. You don't really have very much reference. True. But, uh, okay, so was there a particular band where that you heard where you're like, all right, that, I'm going to do that. I want to scream like that. It was probably honestly going to those local shows. Okay. Seeing the first Des Moines See, okay. local band I ever saw was called Pig Walk. And it was this guy <laughs> who was like... funny ass names out there, man. Well, you have, to, <laughs> you have to understand that new metal was a freaking like the thing. So I was seeing a lot of new metal bands and Slipknot was like, they were the Des Moines heroes at that time. And 35-inch yeah. Mutter, who were kind of like similar to Slipknot, from what I understand, I never got into 35-inch Mutter. It was like a few years before my time. Not as good of a band name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's actually a 35-inch Mutter uh, documentary on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I got into them. We're and check that out. all those local bands from way back then, I was way yeah. into this band called Index Case. Right, I and then talking about that. Yeah, and then I got really into Otep, and there they had an album called Sevastra that I was really into, and you know I just got into a ton of like Chimera. I was way into Lamb of God, Slipknot, Mudvayne. Okay, loved all of that stuff, and then I started listening to death metal after that. So, actually, when I started doing vocals, when I would like go and jam at people's houses. I wanted, I was singing and screaming. Okay. And then my friends, my friend Shane, who is a drummer, Shane Kello, I he was the first person I jammed with. And we would go to his house and practice drums. And I think that that started happening in like seventh grade. So the year, maybe I did start listening to metal in seventh grade. It was around then, seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, but so I would go like to 13, Shane's house. He had drums. Like I wanted to play drums. I was like 12. All right. And I like rode to Shane's house on the bus after school. Shane's dad is a drummer. He's like a fellow classmate or something at school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was like my my best friend at that point. And uh, so I went to Shane's house and played drums and we were way into metal. And, yeah. and you guys formed a band or no? We did form a band with um, my friend Matt and, and Mark. But we never played shows. I didn't play shows until I was like, had just turned 18. So at that point you joined a Des Moines band and that's when you started playing shows? When I was 18, I joined a band called Prevail in the Hill of Ga Gunfire. And then, yeah, I, then I started playing started. shows, but I had done a bunch of garage bands before that. But that was just kind of jamming, hanging out type yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. I even remember the day that I found out what a four count was. My friend Steven, like, so we were having band practice in one of the bands that never played shows. And band practice. Yeah. Oh, like that. And, you know, because it never, we never wrote a song. But Would you guys just play, like, parts of other bands, songs and stuff like that? Or just kind of go for it? See not what really. Not in that band. Me and my friend Shane Mills, who is in a band called, now called Widow Seven, that is actually, they play, like, festivals and stuff, like, 
Blue Ridge and all of that stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Shane Mills, he's the drummer of that band. You have met him. He lived in L.A. Okay. Do you remember him? Blonde guy. He went to Muse, uh, MI. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shane. So that. anyway, Shane and I had like a band when I was maybe 16 and we would cover songs. We would cover like Holy Wars by Megadeth and some Lamb of God. And they, their critique of me was that I needed to stop sounding like so much like Randy Blythe. That's kind of funny because um, so I think people listening would probably assume that you were more influenced by like female fronted bands or whatever. But yeah, I I think that you didn't really think of it that way, right? You just kind of heard stuff you liked and wanted to do it and you weren't thinking, oh, this person's a girl or a guy. Just I want to be like that. That's that. Yeah, no, I didn't give a shit about that. I cared yeah. about the voice. It wasn't like. You didn't know it was possible for you to do it until you heard. No. Yeah. You were like, I never considered that. I didn't, I never was like, oh no, I'm a girl. I'm not going to be able to do this. And I didn't like have to find that woman to be empowered. I just heard metal and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I want to do this. No factor. I'm doing it. Yeah. I didn't give a, I didn't give a crap. That's cool. It's good attitude. You still have that attitude. Yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome to see it and it was awesome to see women and to get way into bands that had women who were fronting them but i obsessed over both the same it never mattered the gender of a person it always mattered what their like timbre and their Mm -hmm. vocal style and if they did it well and what really got me is when i and still gets me is when i see bands live so i care about that a lot like a band has to kill it live for me to be way into them okay so uh who so they told you you shouldn't sound so much like randy blythe yeah so what what did you do to kind of counteract that that blythean vocal style i don't know i just i i think it's always kind of been my attitude but maybe that's a part of why i just like will take aspects of every vocalist that i'm into and kind of use that for my own mm-hmm. thing so i kind of learned to do that more and more but I was 16, you know, I hadn't been exposed to every metal band in the world. I was coming out of like being obsessed with Lamb of God. I loved Lamb of God. I have like a burn the priest hoodie even from back then. But I, you know, I just think that that's what happens naturally over time. They probably honestly played just like Megadeth. Right. Because they were way into Megadeth. It was probably more like... Hey man, we like the Randy Blythe part of you, but can you get a little Dave Mustaine in there too? Okay. So it right. wasn't like, that's just what happens as you get older. You get it way into different kinds of music. And now we have the internet, so you can kind of click through every single video and find out about a million different bands in a month's time. But back then it's like... I know, it wasn't like that. Yeah, I had to get into Lamb of God to then get into whoever you know, Shadows Fall, who they were going on tour with, and then Shadows Fall, I got, like, the medal for the masses, and that got me into Meshuggah. Mm-hmm. So you had to kind of, like, if you didn't have someone who was showing you the way, you had to kind of, like, dig. And a lot of my friends were more into metalcore-type bands than I was. I was into heavier stuff. So when I started meeting death metal people, then I got more into that, but... You know, a lot of my friends were like, which I liked, Kill Switch Engage, 
But a lot of my friends liked that kind of stuff and Norma Jean and Every Time I Die and all of that stuff. So they would show me that. But I really, really deeply fell in love with like more death and progressive metal. Now we know that. Yep. That's just how it goes though. So who who were some of the first death metal bands that you got into? Fetus. Yeah. Origin. Me too. Me too. It's kind of funny. It's like uh, I have a similar kind of story. Yeah, what's yours? It's like, well, I was more kind of like you. I didn't really, uh, well, you you get more inspired from like the local scene or whatever because you think you can actually achieve that. Totally. I never thought I could be in like a touring band. You know, that Me wasn't really. That's like, a- I have no idea how to do that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, just playing more. I was like more a part of the hardcore scene. Yeah. I like went going to that from a really young age. And then I kind of became the like more death metal dude who went to hardcore shows. Yeah, totally. Because that's what all my friends did. See, I didn't go to a hardcore show. I think I was like 15 or 16 when I went to a hardcore show because Too Pure to Die, they were like local legends, you know? So they... My friend, one of my friends, my the friend who showed me every time I die actually took me to a two pure to die show. And that's when I was exposed to hardcore. So that was kind of like at around the same time as death metal, really. I mean, okay. I was like way into bleeding through. They were kind of like bleeding through and Norma Jean and every time I die, stuff like that. That was like me right before death metal. Or as I was getting into death metal. But yeah, I went to a hardcore show then. And then I was like, this fucking rules. Because yeah, the energy of a hardcore show is so different than... Like at at new metal shows, they would push mosh and stuff like that. And it would go hard and I'd be in the pit, but it was more like that. But at hardcore shows... You got like hardcore dancing in the whole room going fucking crazy and like head walking and crowd surfing and just All like crazy stuff. the crowd, the crowd is alive at hardcore shows to a it. point that like the crowd and the band playing become one. Mm-hmm. And that is inspiring to me. That's like that performance of hardcore is something that I've never like, I, I, Yeah. Never let go of that. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a, a a problem that I had with playing, like, in the progressive scene or whatever. It was more of, like, a uh, performance, like, um, talent show kind of a thing. Right. And I was kind of like, I don't know, it was, it was just a little awkward. Like, sure. I like to play shows where people are getting sweaty and crazy. Well, it's almost... And you can really feel it. You know, that's, like, what music's about, not just critiquing their technique and stuff that's secondary to me yeah i feel that too it's almost like you know how when you pet a cat it purrs so you know that it's down for you but when you pet a dog it doesn't make any noise (laughs) whatsoever yeah i want that purr i want the the crowd to like (laughs) i like when the crowd goes off it it like makes me feel like i'm doing something right I guess. Yeah. But I can still play a show where people just stand there. Yeah, but I agree with you. It is a different vibe. You feel like you're putting on a performance or you're a part of the theater more than. Talent show. 
Yeah, it feels like more of a talent show. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, with Entheos, we're kind of trying to like bridge those two, like be technical and cool and progressive and have crazy shows. Yeah, so absolutely. Kinda, I think we're tapping into it. I think we're so too. I think so too. The last show was crazy. Yeah, it really was. Which you guys will see at some point. Next month. Um, But okay, should we proceed with the interview? Let's get to, let's do questions. How long have we been doing this interview? Let's just wrap this interview up real quick. Oh, okay. All right, so... People probably want to know. They're invested at this point. <laughs> what happens How next? long have we been going for? Uh, <coughs> 30 minutes. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we got time. All right. So you pack your bags. You tell all your friends goodbye. Going I'm to leaving. L.A. I'm leaving. That's funny, though, because you're moving to L.A., but you weren't moving there to like try to make it. You are just moving there to be with me. You know, it's not True. like... True. It's not the typical story, I guess Definitely is what I'm not. But uh, didn't care about so, making it in any way. Yeah. So I'll keep it kind of brief. I won't go into every detail. Never actually pictured myself moving to California. Like, you know how people. Well, I don't know if you know this. I was telling you this. Maybe Harrison knows about this. People lust after California. Like in my high school, people would be like, I'm going to be that person who moves to California. But I was never a person who lusted after. Yeah. I didn't care. That's why we're together. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, uh, so you move there and we're hanging out, we're having fun, we're young and wild and doing all that kind of stuff, LA stuff. Um, but so after a while you're kind of like, Hmm, maybe I should be a vocalist again or, or when did that kick in? Systems? No, like, uh, just, just wanting to be in a band again. Right after I moved to, well, I wanted to be in a band again right away. Yeah. I okay. love playing music. So it's, and I've. You know, was in a band consecutively from the time I started Prevail, or I didn't start Prevail, but I joined Prevail to a couple of months before I moved to L.A. Yeah, right. Okay. So I wanted to be, I guess I wasn't really thinking about it for the first, like, six months because, you know, we were kind of partying and having a good time and uh, I was doing merch, but I always kept it in mind. Because on that tour, so the way I met the guys from Systems is right. I was booking lessons for Tosin and Hav and you, I guess. Managing the lessons. Managing the lessons. Uh, wow, you've came a long way, Chaney. In 2011. That, uh, in 2011. Not a good job. God, that was not <laughs> fun. What was also not fun is that uh, I can't remember if it was all of you. Maybe I was mostly doing Tosin's, but he would cancel a lot. Yeah. So I had to like, you know, break the news to the person a lot because it, it give him a hug. Yeah. And I had to be like, sorry, man, uh, he's not coming, but uh, <laughs> or he's not going to do it. Some days he would do it. Um, but anyway, so I met the guys in systems because that tour went to, I think, Oklahoma where they lived. Right. And Danny just like made friends. Uh, they Tanner, who is the guitar player of systems, had a lesson with Tosin and Danny, who was the drummer, had booked it. So anyway, Danny like hit me up on the internet and we stayed kind of connected and he showed me his band and I was like, they had a vocalist or they were going to get this guy on vocals. And I was like, dude, you have to let me be the vocalist. Like yeah, don't their get music that guy. is really freaking cool, by the way. It is cool. There are a lot of cool things and some of it even reminds me of Entheos. Yeah, it's really weird and... uh it's hard to follow. It is. It's, it's hard to follow, but there are a lot of stuff like it. If it 
had better production and maybe was a little more um, cut the riffs maybe by a quarter. Then maybe there's a lot of riffs going on, but there are a lot of good riffs. Yeah, it's really cool. There are a lot of cool melodic ideas, but nothing that's like super perfected. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So we did that. So you did that, and then you guys. uh, So Danny, the drummer, he like exited the picture when you were in the band, basically, right? Yeah. And then, still one of my best friends to this day. I actually talk to him sometimes. He's a really cool guy. He's great. Um, So you guys did try to do like a couple shows, right? Yeah, and it was just a a train wreck. Yeah, just didn't work out. Didn't work out. We were going to get actually, so John Truesdale, who is the bassist of Live by Mistake. Yeah. uh, He was going to play bass for us, which I was stoked on because he was sick in his day. And uh, yeah, it just didn't work out. Didn't work out, so you came back home. I remember that, picking you up. I was bummed, and I was like, I'm going back to school. This is whack. And at that point, you were kind of like, okay, that's it for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for a while, because it had, just going through the systems thing had kind of burnt me. Yeah. As sometimes bands do. Yeah, bad experience, basically, in the end. Yeah. Until you talked me into doing Entheos, but, which really stemmed from, you got, you got stems because Sumerian wanted you to do a Veil of Maya co- a remix. A remix of yeah. a Veil of Maya song when so, you were doing Naveen K. Yeah, so I had the separated stems for the song that we did or whatever that was. Yeah, what's the name of that song? Uh I don't know. Unbreakable. Okay. So you had the stems for it, and this was before Brandon we knew Brandon yeah, was they leaving didn't the need band. A vocalist or anything. They didn't need a vocalist, and you asked Mark because it wasn't like a playthroughs, especially for vocalists. This was not a big thing back then. Now you see them every day. Was that, like, eight years ago, or something. Yeah, it was in 2014. But now you see them every day. Back then, it wasn't a thing. So Naveen asked Mark if I could make a cover of Unbreakable. Yeah, and I and I had the stems, and he's like, "Yeah, of course," because he, <clears throat> you didn't know, you knew Mark at the time. I remember you were yeah. kind of, you have known those guys for a while. Yeah, I have. I've known them. I met them the same night I met you. Um. Oh right, right. Of course, because we played with them. Yeah, because you were on tour with them, and we all uh, partied together. That's right. But um, uh, yeah. So I was like, was it my idea for you to do that, or did you want to do it? Well, you asked him if I could do a cover, and he said yes. And this was like really early that year. We just never did it. And then uh, we were were like uh driving down the street and I was scrolling on Facebook or something. And I was like, uh, the the vocalist of Veil of Maya just quit the band. We have to go do that cover right now. Because I was like, going to shoot my shot. Yeah. We have to do the cover. I didn't even really know the song. Like... I hadn't listened to it that much. I was way into Common Man's Collapse, but I just hadn't, like, I was kind of, like, in California and, like, not really paying attention to music and stuff. Yeah. So I hadn't really heard the song. We went home, and I listened to the song, like, three times back to back and read the lyrics, and I was like, okay, I got this. And we just shot it. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing that a lot of people don't know about Chaney. When we do those playthrough videos and stuff, she usually just does it one time. That's it. Yeah, it's not like a process. Just on it. Just yeah, I just quick. shoot it one time. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we did that, and it was cool because we had the song without the vocals. Yeah, so that honestly, <clears throat> I yeah. think, helped my case a little bit because 
no one else. There were a few um, other people who did covers of songs, but no yeah. one else had the instrumental of the song. So that gave me a leg up and it made my vocals stand out a little more on the track. Yeah. But then I remember it kind of like blew up a little bit and like went kind of viral a little. Yeah, like I mean, I woke news, up. News sites started posting it and all this stuff. Yeah, dude. I was like, keep in mind, no one cared about me or I had never been posted on any of those sites. No one cared yeah. about me or any band I was in. Yeah. Um, And then for some reason, Revolver, I think it's because you posted it from the Flesh Rot page. Oh, really? You fl- you posted it from the Flesh Rot page and hooked then it like, up. yeah, <laughs> definitely hooked it up. And a ton of people heard about it just yeah. because Revolver and yeah, Metal Sucks and everyone. Like, I think Metal Sucks made a story that was like, hey, Veil of Maya, hire this woman yeah, to be I your think, vocalist. Uh, Revolver posted it too. Yeah, like they it did. It was kind of a thing. And, and it we was my like, birthday. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, because remember we went to the Spaghetti Factory when it was like blowing up. Yep, we did. Because back then I was like, oh my God, this video is doing insane. Lo-. Yeah, now yeah. I'd like post my video and just don't pay attention to yeah, it. Yeah. Back then I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of happened. <laughs> and then Naveen went on tour to Europe. And while you were on tour in Europe, people were talking to you about it, right? Yeah, they were like, oh, <coughs> your girlfriend is that girl who did the Veil of Maya cover. Like a lot of people were talking to me about it. Yeah, uh, like all the weird. bands that I was on tour with and stuff. This was when I was doing that like electronic side project thing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, a lot of people were talking to me about it. And <clears throat> I was doing that... <clears throat> Side project thing. Going through my phases. <clears throat> Damn it. But yeah, I started missing being in a band, you know, and playing metal and stuff. And then I saw that you were like blowing up and shit. And I was like, yeah. And you were talking about maybe joining Veil of Maya and I was getting jealous. Yeah, because I did actually, I can't remember the name of that first single that they put out. But I did record their management sent me like the song to do vocals on. So I did actually try out for the band and somewhere I have that song of yeah. me doing vocals on the song. And I remember it being pretty sick. No, definitely. But then I think ultimately they were looking for someone who had more of that like metalcore singing style. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of more definitely. The direction that they were going. Yeah. And I think that they chose really well for what they want to do. Well, me too, because Makes now we the have most Entheos, sense. so they Yeah, and Entheos wouldn't exist favor. without it. And, you know, it just lined up that Evan had just quit the Faceless, um, and Frank was trying to do Realms of Vision with you. So you were like, let's not do Realms of Vision, let's... Let's do a metal band. Do a metal band. So that's how Entheos was born. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know what? It wasn't really that much time. It's not that much time that we were together until we started Entheos. Like we've been in Entheos way longer than not as a couple. Yeah, that's true. But you know what's funny is that I've seen or then maybe like a few years ago, I would see people who they thought that we, they thought that you guys were like forming a band, like trying to get animosity yeah. back together and that you found me because of the Veil of Maya. That's kind of a cover. cooler story. They think you found me because of the Veil of Maya cover and that we started dating. We fell in love as bandmates. It's kind of, I don't know. Do you think that's a better story than the real story? That no. might be kind of better. No. I think uh, it's actually a better story that we knew each other. I knew Evan. I had toured yeah, yeah. with Evan. So that makes it not as cool. It's not as like, whoa, girl from a small town gets picked <laughs> and makes it. 
<laughs> yeah, but it makes our relationship <laughs> seem a lot more stable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> more solid the other the yeah it's way. like oh okay the band's not gonna break up because of them yeah. you know because that would i would be like damn is the band gonna go awry because of yeah yeah like how's this couple? gonna work like, yeah. yeah yeah but we sure. had been together for a pretty and I, long I, time you know i will say i think that really does help the fact that we were already together for what four or five years probably yeah and then doing the band so i think that definitely makes us more solid than if we Got together in the band and then I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, and then we were be, trying to manage a band yeah, together. Yeah, that'd be a little weird. And like figure out our relationship. That would yeah. be because oh, we had time to get used to each other. Yeah, we knew we knew what we were getting into. Yeah. And honestly, like your mom had brought up you playing music with me for a few years. Your mom has called me the famous Cheney yeah, crap since My the moment she met me. The original support. She's like, why can't you make a song with Cheney? Yeah. Why can't we can't just make one song with her? But. I didn't want to make music with Naveen because flesh rot, uh, dementia, dyslexia is, and I knew about flesh rot when flesh rot was on MySpace. flesh rot. That record has been one of my favorite metal records forever. And I didn't want to like come in and be the girlfriend who's like forcing her way into a band. Like I didn't well, want to do did, that. So. <laughs> you actually forced me into No, that. I was like, come on, dude, let's start. Cause I know you actually were hesitant let the record show she was still am. to still start am. the band with me and i was like come on dude it'll be sick let's do it i know and i was really nervous but looking back it's like it's been a great if i could tell <clears> myself <throat> then what i know now but anyways yeah, that's that's <laughs> the story of how yeah. Atheos came to be and, and now we're about right now. to announce our third album yeah, and we're crazy. on freaking metal blade records dude i mean come on Come on now. That's it's been a good run. It's been a good run, and I can't wait it's to see what's run. next. It's gonna be rad. I'm starting to feel a little old, but uh, I'm hanging. Well, in you there. still got a man bun, so you're staying youthful. That's true. You still got a man bun in your <sighs> ear pods or whatever over there. Your pods. No one can see my ear pod. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get some questions in. I think that was a pretty good interview. What do you guys think? I think that was great, and I loved talking about all of that stuff i know you were like are we really doing an interview and then like halfway through you're just going at it i'm like she does like it doesn't i do doesn't like it you it. know i love it <laughs> all right i'll do an interview of naveen next time because i've got a lot of things to ask you I, it hit me today i was like dude we've never interviewed each other maybe we have and i just don't remember but it was probably so long ago that's that true nobody else remembers either <sighs> but we might as well right. well it was nice you know, to get tell the story on here. i mean fuck it yeah, that was great. All right, questions? Yeah. Yeah, do we have any? Uh, starting off with Double Plate 76. Uh, will pre-orders for the new album be on your Big Cartel site or record label? Record label. Yeah. They will not be on Big Cartel. Make sure buy those from the record label and buy them. There buy are going to be a ton of different, buy I think, four variants, four yeah, U.S. variants, vinyls. four European variants. Maybe it's three. Yeah, we're doing a lot of vinyls. I'm going to order all of them. You know what would have been sick is a cassette tape. Maybe we can do that. Double cassette. Yeah. Pretty I cool. stop there. Go to the eight track. Yeah. Yeah. Eight track. We're keeping pre-orders pretty simple, I think. I think there is a t-shirt and vinyl. I don't know. And CDs. Maybe there's other stuff. So, yeah, maybe there's CDs and stuff. But we're keeping it pretty simple because the label 
wants us to be able to make money off of merch, which is awesome. Oh yeah, like so, they're not, they're not going to so maybe we'll drop like a line of merch to go with it or something. I yeah, I think we will drop a line of merch. But honestly, for the next like couple of weeks, I just want the focus to go yeah. into the album because we do want to sell albums. We do. Support. Yeah. So buy a CD, buy a vinyl. Listen on Spotify. Buy it on Bandcamp. It'll be there. Buy, buy. No, I mean, whatever. <laughs> if you don't have any money, then, Consume. You know, then don't buy it. All right, uh, next up, Jake Scrappile. How often do you guys practice an entire set list, or is it more of a solo practice? Ooh, whoa. Uh, we just practice the set before we go on tour. So maybe a few days before the tour, Chaney and I will start. We'll play it a couple times. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, before that, I'll do it on my own. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This last show that we did, I had not even played the songs at all since the last tour. August. And that includes a song that we had never played before. Yeah. So I just wing it. I started, I I started <laughs> practicing that set uh, a week before we yeah. played live. But I practice all the time. Mm -hmm. I do vocals all the time. Just not full sets. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we played it with the band for two days. And went, not, went off without a hitch. If you can practice for like, for us, it seems like two days, two or three days, we're like solid, good to go. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, I just practice on my own to like keep my chops up and stuff. And then I'll practice to make uh, playthrough videos. Yeah. Or practice to, if, if there's a, like a technique or something that you want to yeah. learn, you do that a lot. I've been doing that yeah. a lot lately uh, because now I'm having to practice going from like singing to screaming to pitched screaming and back to singing. So I'm trying to make sure that my voice, that I know like what I'm doing in a live setting when yeah. I'm doing that stuff and that my I've got everything just down. That stuff that you're working on sounds really cool. That uh, different, those different techniques. Yeah, you know, I got my technique game over leveled here. up. They're like more level volume wise. Yeah, my pitched screaming is becoming a lot better. I think I unlocked like a the place in my throat to do it. It's more of like a it's like close to a high, but underneath a high. It's unlocked. Unlocked. Remember, I That's showed sick. you the other day. I know it sounds great. Loving it. Uh, next up is from Taylor D's. Uh, question for Naveen. For the drum solo section on Fix the Air, did you hear or see any of the other guys' solos first? How did all of that come about? Uh, <clears throat> no, I didn't hear anybody's solos. I didn't really even have... I didn't really hear the song either. I think they just gave you like the bars. They gave me like the part. Mm -hmm. Just the part. And we're like, here, you should do a solo on this. But the way it came about was just because I've been friends with them for a really long time. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. When and did, I, I guess they like the way that I play drums. When did you meet those guys? I met them. Uh, well, I sort of didn't really meet them, but Animosity played our first Southern California show with them when I was 16. Wow. So that was 21 years ago yeah we need to get oh, one 37 of those or 38 uh, i can't remember we need to get no, i'm one. gonna be 38 this year so yeah i'm 37 we need to get another uh, bt bam podcast we had blake on the podcast naveen was you know a little too tipsy i think we yeah, both were kind of tipsy because we did two podcasts in that day and you have to get drunk if you're doing a podcast now we're not apparently. drinking yeah. so we'd just do a straight laced sober one straight interview 
So, Blake, tell me about that. That's, that's what the people want to see. I'm into it. Why wouldn't the people want to see that? That's what I want to see. How about that? I want to see it. Yeah, but yeah so I met on. them then, and then uh, I was a huge fan. And uh, a couple years later, or a few, yeah, like four years later, when they were about to put out Alaska, Animosity played some shows with them because Red Cord, they were on tour with Red Cord and we were on tour and we would like ditch our tour to go play with them because Guy from Red Cord got us on the shows and their shows were like way sicker because they were hyped. And so I, I just made really good friends with all the band. I was like into all kinds of music and stuff and so are they. So I was like. I believe you got Dan Briggs into Frank Zappa. Right? I, that's what I think. That's what I think. I well, may or may not be true, but I'm pretty sure. Because I, I, I remember talking to him and being like, are you into Frank Seven? And he was like, no. And I'm like, dude, really? And then I was like showing him. All. I was way into it at the time. Well, so. But yeah, I've just been friends with them forever. And uh, Also, sorry to interrupt you, but people would be jealous of this. We actually have a promotional copy of Alaska somewhere yeah, around here. Yeah, do I still have it? Yeah, I, sa- I save all that stuff. I don't know if I have the case. You don't have the case. I have the and CD. The, the CD is pretty damn scratched up. Yeah. Yeah, so on that tour, Dan actually like gave me the Alaska like promo CD. Yeah, and I was just it. like listening to it in the van, like because at that point in time you'd have a disc man. This was way back in the day. Totally. And I remember just jamming it and being like, "Oh my god, dude, this is the best thing ever." Yeah, that's my favorite BT Bam album. Yeah, I would love to see a an Alaska tour. Whew. Yeah, because actually the first, the, the time that we played with them in Southern California, Animosity, it was before Silent Circus was out. Whoa. It was like just their first album. And then I actually... Wait, wait Dusty was not in the band then? No, it was like a different lineup. Blake it was wasn't just, in the band. It was Tommy and Paul, That's and then all different yeah. people. And But the when I met them, right as when they were going to release Alaska, that was the same lineup that they've had. Right, yeah. And so yeah, it became really good friends with all them and uh dan and i sort of hit it off just nerding out about music let's rate the solos on fix the air which let's um <laughs> put them in order which is the best best to worst i think blake's is the best worst to best blake's is the best for sure blake's is the best and that, that's all By I, far. that's all i can say i can't say anything that's else. very true Blake's is the best, and is, I is have a feeling his it's because best. he had the whole song. Yeah, he's got the most time to learn it. And, <laughs> and he heard every solo as well. He and had a little, he had the literature. He also probably was like, all right, I'm going to show these guys up, show them what's going <laughs> on, you know? Also, Blake is sick. <laughs> that yeah, too. that's why I said he's going to show him up. <laughs> One of the sickest drummers ever. Yeah, amazing. You know, it was great uh, when we did Summer Slaughter with BT Bam was just checking him out side stage every night. Yeah. Hell yeah. Just watching that Blake action. I loved it. So yeah, I think they just kind of wanted to get drummers that Blake really was inspired by. Do you or, I don't, I, I take that back. I don't think he's inspired by me, but I'm talking about the other two guys. <laughs> that I, they just wanted to get drummers that Blake just uh, Well, no, because I was thinking of Ken and like, I know that he really likes Mike Portnoy and I know that he really likes Ken a lot. So he must ha- so, kind of like yeah, you. Not, uh, I definitely don't think he's inspired by me, but yeah. He probably me. I think they just. Okay, they had me on there just because they kind of like me and they think I'm quirky and funny and stuff like that. So. <laughs> That's they do. Uh, <laughs> I actually do you remember the time that we were at like Nam and was it Thomas fiftieth or something? Yeah, and we saw we were standing right next to Blake and I bet there's a video up there of is. that 
where you Which can we should, see let's me play and in the Naveen. Post show. Yeah, we'll yeah. Pa- we'll play it in the post show. You can see Naveen and I just standing, w- like right next, right in front of Blake, just watching him play drums. And yeah. I, it was him. It was like Tony Royster Jr. Who else played? Just a, I don't know. It was just a bunch, bunch of, of sick Tama guys, and they were all they were like drum kits set up on these circles throughout a room, and we were there in Blake's just rooting him on. It was cool. All the, I think all the guys from BTBM were like with us, right? Or they were there? I don't know if they're there. I think definitely they were. Dusty. I actually think we're standing there with, with Dusty, Dusty. Yeah. which we should get Dusty on the podcast. He lives in Nashville. We, we haven't even seen him since we've lived here. Yeah, I know. Well, we probably we live forever away. We live out in uh, the suburbs. That's true, the burbs. Oh uh, yeah, so that's how I got on that. Um, yeah, and it was I was obviously really honored to do that. Yeah, BT Bam's the goat. I've looked up to them for a really long time, particularly because they I I liked um, their old band and stuff and. I know that they come from like the hardcore scene too, so it was cool. Um, finding out about another hardcore band that was playing different types of music. Totally. Uh, you know, and that's kind of how I was. Had the hardcore DIY mentality, but wanted to play all sorts of shit. Yeah. They took that to a whole nother level. All right. There's that. <laughs> uh, Lichen Lord's wondering what your guys' opinions are on the Cattle Decap album link leak. Oh yeah, I, I just heard about, told me about this that about five minutes before. But the I only heard so. of I only saw that the cover of the album had been leaked. So is there a song or something? I don't really know. I don't really know. I didn't. I honestly didn't hear about it. Breaking news. Album leak. I didn't hear about it until I saw them post it. Well, I think the main thing is their response where at least part of it got leaked or something got leaked. I don't think any of the actual songs did, but they just came out pretty much announcing everything way before they were supposed to. Yeah, which (laughs) that sucks because, you know, when you're preparing for an album and everything, you you and the team that works with you and your label, they're preparing like a lot of a rollout of the album. And for me in particular, because I saw their album art, like they put out the album art. For me, it was a huge thing with the album that we are going to announce next week that when our cover comes out, the first time our cover comes out, I want pre-order links to be attached to that description. That was like a huge deal for me to the point that we were actually going to announce our album the day before pre-order links, uh, the day before pre-order links went up. And I was like, I asked our label if we could make pre-orders the day before. And I don't know how pre-order links work really with a label, but we have the same label as cattle. So I think that it's probably similar. They could not move the pre-order link a day ahead. So I'm assuming cattle probably couldn't announce their album, but they did put out the album art. So for me, like it was really important to have that link in the description because I think that there are people who will see the album art and maybe just buy the vinyl because they want that album art. They think it looks cool. And they might see it if there's not a pre-order link attached and be like, oh, I want this album. There's no pre-order link. And never think of it again because they are not really familiar with your band. Or right. you, you know how 
everything works on the internet now. It's like you're thinking of one thing and then you don't, you can't remember it the next minute. So fast paced. Yeah. So I think that in order to get the pre-order link in front of the most eyes possible, you know, honestly, I would have put it out with the last two music videos that we put out, but we just couldn't do that. So I think that it takes that away from a band and that really sucks to me. So as far as like the rollout goes, I think it, that really sucks. And honestly, if that would have happened to our band, it would be like a knife in the heart for at least a day, a couple of days. But in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't matter that much. Five years from now, no one's going to remember that the album leaked. They're just going to remember how much they love the album. And Cattle's a big enough band. They're going to get the exposure. People are going to talk about their album all year and for years. So... In the long run, you probably don't miss out on a lot, but it is definitely, you know, it's one of those annoying things that sucks and you kind of get over it. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> I'd probably just be like, all right, whatever. Yeah, Naveen wouldn't care. I'm, I'm aloof. I honestly, that's... <laughs> that's Cheney's job to care about that kind of yeah. shit. Yeah, I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> no. <laughs> they can't have the pre-order link you know no what I you we know what missed I would, out on all of those you know what I would do though I'd have to like think of some reasons to tell Channing why it's not that big of a deal yeah that's that would be my, that's my job I'd be like it's, is it that big of a deal really and I'd be asking him all night yeah. like and are we screwed no one's ever going to hear about our band now trust me I'd figure out some ways to spin it to no it would be I think like I said in the long run it's you got to see the forest from the trees but it does suck to not you know, have it all laid out the way you want to. A lot of people, video people work on making clips to roll out the album and yada yada. So it sucks. I wonder who leaked it. Yeah, who leaked that? Uh, I got some information on that. Apparently, oh. Insider a 14-year-old Russian kid who was doing it to like multiple bands. Oh, okay. Snap. Well, you know, before right. albums come out, so you you might send it to friends and then it leaks that way. But before albums come out, like there are a ton of people... Not a ton of people, but people have our album right now who are like listening to it to interview us and do reviews. Like our PR has sent out our album. Yeah. So shit happens, you know, people get a hold of it. If they know that someone wants it, then it's just how, how it works, I guess. It's how the game goes. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's it for the right. questions this week. Beautiful. All right. Let's wrap up. Well, the I think podcast. that was a good podcast. That was great. I think we did a good, that was a good time. That was a really fun time, Naveen. Naveen interviews. I had a good time with you, Naveen. I was wanting to be the guest. That was my plan originally, yeah. but it kind of went the other way. It backfired. Yeah. So I figured I'd just be interviewer. My presence demands a uh, question. That's true. Thing. That's true. Wow. Right, well, how did you do that, Janie? <laughs> All right, everyone. Yeah. Well, uh, have a good week. We love y'all out there. Uh, Twitch people, stick around for the post show. We have a new song coming out next week. It's called I Am The Void, and we're stoked. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's a good video. It's uh, a cinematic experience. It is. All right, love y'all. Have we'll a see good you guys week. See next week. Peace. Much love. <laughs>